the Desert Island Discs with Flavia on Capital FM. Fresh hits for Uganda. Welcome to Desert Island Discs. I'm Flavia Tumusime and this Sunday we have part two of our powerful conversation with the CEO and award-winning NGO and non-profit founder for conservation through public health, Dr. Gladys Kalima Zikusoka. You are the founder of Conservation Through Public public health is that the one we were talking about when you were with the communities yes no wow. actually when i was with the communities we hadn't yet founded the angel ah okay yes. so you said one of the recommendations was we set up something i said yes. maybe that yes. would have been it's it. the one yes ah, eventually wow. we said those were the recommendations we used to set up the NGO. wow 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 yeah. so you said you had to go back you had to go to the states to, to study yes i went to the states to study right. it was called a zoo medicine residency okay okay which is a study where you do clinical work working at the zoo right. i felt like i needed more hands-on experience with wildlife right. having taught myself as much as i could and then you also get to do a master's and they throw in many things and you learn how to teach students and they prepare you for a career that can work in a zoo wider, work with wild yes. animals work in the university so it was perfect for me because they also yes. teach you to do presentations and write proposals and papers and so after that i felt i didn't want to come back to the wildlife authority oh, okay. i wanted to set up an ngo right and, and all that i learned there was very useful for the ngo i have right. to say because i also got to do a certificate in non-profit management at the nearby duke university uh, which is one of the most um, prestigious universities in america yeah the duke and nc state north carolina state university are near each other or that part is research triangle park I was about to say this in, in your work there's a the word research features a lot. Yes. You're constantly buried in research. I actually came back to Uganda during that time and I did research as part of my masters wow. looking at tuberculosis in people going close to gorillas yes. and also tuberculosis in the buffaloes, the yeah. cattle and the people to see if they're getting TB from animals or just from themselves at Queen Elizabeth National Park yeah. and then in Bwindi. Um and so it was really interesting because I learned how the healthcare system works yeah. the public health system and i found that people in in queen elizabeth had someone watching them taking medicine every day right. for eight months when they had tuberculosis okay. but in windy that system hadn't reached yet right. and two people died during my study which oh, no. really touched my heart yeah. so all of this made me feel that we should set up an organization that addresses the health of animals yes. the wildlife and the people together yes. to promote conservation really and have, public health you, you can't separate this you can't say let's focus on the wild animals and not focus on the people yes we are one or one will endanger the other if you don't exactly wow just like the gorillas got scabies from people and people are also getting tuberculosis from animals yeah. and we had to look at that what they call zoonotic disease right spreading between peop- animals and people yeah so that was kind of um all of that was what led us to set up conservation through public health wow. which we founded together with my husband that okay. time he was i met him again in north carolina okay um don't tell me you do exactly the same thing no he <laughs> is a telecom expert <laughs> like doing an internship at the research triangle right. park near where i was that's when we started dating yeah. and he became the first donor when I said to him I want to set up an engine oh. he became the first donor with a hundred dollars oh baby <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say did he really understand what you were doing <laughs> you know it's donating when you're like I like her I'll, I'll give her money to start something but did he, did he see through your eyes all that passion that you had for animals I think I think he did. He liked the passion, yeah. but also he liked the fact that I wanted to go back to Uganda and do something. Oh, ah, okay. Because he was right. Ugandan but had lived outside Uganda for most so of his long. life. Yeah. So he kind of he just the whole idea seemed very interesting nice, for him. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he liked it. <laughs> wow. So you're two worlds apart so you, you did come back and set it up. Yes, we came back. Oh, um, we. So you both Yes, came we came back. back with him. Right. Um we set up the NGO here. Right. We also got a third founder member who I was doing the research with. Right, right. He was working in means of agriculture for many years and yeah. I worked with his vet colleagues in, you know, while I was at UWA. Yes. And so they recommended him to be part of our team. Yeah. And he's been brilliant as, as our third founder member Good. Stephen Rubanga. Yeah. And Lawrence and I got married in Uganda. Yeah. And then I went back and I finished the zoo medicine residency. Ah. We set up the NGO properly. And then we came back in 2003. Wow. Yeah, to start to launch it. <laughs> Two different worlds, but was it much easier now that you had your own platform to do your work versus working for someone else? For the government? Yeah. It was. I actually told the government, <laughs> I'm not coming back. I want to set up my own NGO. They, they, they did like that, did they? 
They didn't. <laughs> yeah, and imagine. They took a few months without hiring someone. And Hoping then, that... Hope, thinking, because it was still that thinking yeah. of, do we really need a vet? Yes, she did all these great things. Yes. But, um, do we really need a vet in wildlife? Huh? But shortly after I had left, my boss wrote to me. Yes. My immediate boss, Dr. Atham Gisha, and said, we're missing you already. Giraffes oh. have got another skin disease. Um, and the gorillas have got scabies again. Yeah. I said, oh my God. <laughs> I almost jumped on the flight to come back. I almost just told the people in North Carolina, you know what? I have to do I'm this. going back home. Yeah. But then I said to myself, if I always keep doing that. Because there will always be a, a reason yes, for you to go. Yeah. They, I said, when would a vet unit develop? Because I was proud of ah, myself having set so up you, a vet So you didn't unit. want to just be the only one who had. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd always wanted to have other vets join me. Join and it hadn't happened yeah. yet. So when I left, then they hired another vet called Dr. Good. Joseph Okori to handle this urgent issue. Good. And then he built up the vet unit more because then other vets started to join. But then I was sad. Okay, I missed Uganda. <laughs> yes. I missed working with the wildlife in Uganda yeah. at that point. But I was happy that something had started was Crew. continuing beyond yes. me. Yes. Yes. Wow, that's so good. <laughs> uh, and, and when you're starting something, yes, it's research best. Yes, the rest of the world understands it, but you're starting it and you're building it here at yes. home. Yes. Do, at that point, do we, do, have we started to understand what you're doing? Yes. Yeah. We came back yeah. um, and we started like engaging communities. Yeah. We set up a gorilla research clinic at Buindi where we regularly analyze samples from the okay. gorillas every month all the habituated groups right now there's over 22 habituated groups yeah it used to be two but now it's more habituated wow (laughs) habituated means you can get close to them yes so now you can get close to just over half of them at the beginning it was only a very small percentage and so and what what is that thing that happens for you to to get close to them you visit them the, the truckers visit them and they charge at 100 meters the next day you visit them, they charge at 25 meters. Eventually they stop charging at five meters. Then you wow. know that they're ready for tourism oh dear. and research. <laughs> yeah, Takes It's a time. long process. It can take up to two years Yeah, for gorillas. It takes long, much longer for chimpanzees. But for gorillas what? it can take like two years. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you can't, you have to let it take its time. You have to let it take its course. Wow. Because you're turning a wild animal into an animal that you can yes, now approach. Yes, yes. It takes time. Wow. <laughs> and, and and do you find that in this, um, the animals, and this sounds very crazy to say, but you work with animals. Do they understand the value of, you know, this work? Because when I was visiting the chips, they said they really, they can see, they know. Mm-hmm. They understand who's for them, who's not for them and why. Do you see that the animals understand because I don't want in this ecosystem for us to be the only ones who are seeing the value <laughs> yes humans. yeah yes the animals can tell um, when somebody's comfortable with them okay yes and so they're more relaxed right yeah. but they don't really like vets that much because <laughs> just like children don't like, don't like doctor. doctors <laughs> yes so once you dot them they're like I don't like this person I don't, I don't know who uh-huh. you are <laughs> yes yes oh wow so it's a love-hate relationship with vets right but then with the rangers, they see them. These are our friends. The truckers, these That's are our friends. Yes. We see them every day. Yes. And they see that the tourists are not threatening either. The tourists are happy, to yeah. see, excited to see them. They yes. can sense that. Yes. So they can relax. Wow. Mm-hmm. As much as it's time consuming, what about the cost impact the on cost of doing our your work. work? Yeah, we do a lot of fundraising. Yeah. A lot of fundraising. Um, we opened up a bank account in the US to $200. 100 for my husband, 100 oh, for me. <laughs> And then after so, that, we went on that's to... That's how you started. That's how we started wow. CTPH. Okay. But we got our first donation from North Carolina Zoo where I was doing the medicine, yes. zoo medicine residency. And then we used it to hold a workshop to invite everyone and tell them, this is what we want to do. Tell us okay. how we should do it. Right. And that was brilliant because we got ownership from everywhere. The government, yeah. the tour, tour operators, yeah. the Uganda Wildlife Authority, the Mbara University, the academic, right? you know, Makerere University and different groups, different stakeholders, the schools, the universities. Yeah. So then we started the organization with and other conservation NGOs were Support. all part of it. Yeah. And then we started fundraising, writing proposals. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a long journey <laughs> yeah. of learning how to write proposals, <laughs> right. winning the hearts of donors yes. um, and just, you know, setting up an organization. Right. So it's, it's been a real journey for me. And yeah. this year we celebrate 20 years Twen- conservation wow. through public health. Can wow, you believe wow, it? Wow. <laughs> when you look back, is it still worth it? You would have done it all over again? 
definitely it's been <laughs> worth it i mean it's been every day a new discovery okay. a new discovery at the beginning everyone thought we were crazy combining conservation and public health together yeah they were like are you mad um, well, also, also maybe you can tell us why that would have seemed weird to people because most people see things in a single sector approach yes so they they're like you either work with animals alone yeah people alone yes and you only address two. wildlife conservation alone yeah. or public health alone yes and now we're bringing them together they were like <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> you know and so i learned how to what you call the elevator pitch how to explain what we're doing in Quickly. a short time <laughs> so that someone understands and they want to support yes. you yes wow um, and so one thing that we did is you know we we now con- regularly collect samples from gorillas we compare what they have with what we're finding in people and livestock either we do it ourselves or we work closely with their local health centers right. and the district vets but then we also carry out a lot of behavior change communication yeah. so we work with existing community health workers yeah. and teach them to do conservation work the VHTs yes. village health teams and so as we speak now we have 270 village health and conservation teams we support in Bwindi alone yeah and they educate people about good health and hygiene they even talk about family planning why you should have children you can manage yeah. so that you don't have to always poach collect firewood oh, wow. to feed a large family yeah. and so they can all go to school break the poverty cycle they're less likely to get sick um and then we also talk about the importance of you know good nutrition yes. and why they should protect the forest not cut down trees and why zoonotic disease is important they should yes. be healthy so they don't make gorillas sick, sick. Wow. and so it's a whole package but we also talk to them about how they can access tourism revenue yes because some money from tourism is shared with the communities yes. they also report homes visited by gorillas so that another group of communities called a human gorilla conflict team right. um we call them gorilla guardians can come and herd gorillas back when they come out wow. and everything is community oriented if you notice right. it's the communities who are doing the work yes. and leading the efforts a lot of the time as volunteers wow we only give them like incentives right. like livestock Um, right encourage them to join VSLAs village saving and loan associations we do a lot of that because right. it's more sustainable than always just giving out handouts no that that's not sustainable wow okay yes and then we try and and we're finding that over time as community health is improving right gorillas are falling sick less often from diseases in good, the community good and that's something we're happy about so so the the magic the two <laughs> conservation and public health made sense then yes what's your third song choice Ah my third song choice <laughs> actually is Malaika. Okay. And it's a song that I've selected because on our wedding day, yes, my husband played it as a surprise on the saxophone with the lead of a frigo band Moses Matovu. Ah. Yes. <laughs> I was like Malaika. Because <laughs> there are many Malaika songs. Yes. Song wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Maria, I think Maria Makeva sang it. Yeah. Ah. Malaika. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Malaika Natupenda Malaika Malaika Shindana Malisi 
FM, fresh hits for Uganda. Welcome back, Desert Island Discs. We have a powerful woman, honestly, Dr. Gladys Kalema Zuksoka. You, you did a lot of first, 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 first in your career. You know, <laughs> coming back home and trying things and, and helping to build that line of, of of work. And now, of course, now it's different. Now, when people count your achievements and count the years, it seems like ah, uh, yeah. You have lived it. <laughs> does it take a toll on you after some time? Um, I would say that it does. Yeah. Um, but I'm finding that I'm spending a lot more time now with people. It's funny when I started out, I, I was spending a lot more time with people <laughs> with who are much older than me. Okay. And now I'm spending a lot more time with people who are younger than me. Um, and that and change, are you connecting? Yeah, I love it. Okay. It's, it's just happened, you know. As I'm uh, having grown in the profession, right. it's happened naturally. Yes, because when we set up Conservation Through Public Health, we're three founders. Yes, now we have a team. Most of the people right. are younger than us, or much yes. younger than us, and they're passionate. They're yes. interested in what we're doing, um, and so it's yeah, it's nice. And also, we're working with people in other organizations as well. Great, and they're all they're they're really excited about what we're doing. Yeah, actually, one thing that I can say that I've been very excited about setting up the on top of setting up conservation through public health i'm a founder member of the african primatological society okay which is promoting african leadership in conservation ah. primate conservation and research yes. because all over africa we have all these primates yes. many of them are reducing in number and the a lot of the efforts have always been led by people from outside africa and things are not really changing yeah. and that's why we decided to set that set up the APS, which is an affiliation of the International Primate Society, yeah. um, because uh, m- the number of us, the people who, the people who set it up, me and people from Ivory Coast yeah. and Nigeria and uh, Malaysia and South Africa, we all we were one of the lucky few who could get invited to these conferences right. in America, Europe, to talk yes. about the primates in Africa. But often you go to conferences, they're talking about primates in Uganda. There's no single Ugandan there. Imagine maybe apart that. from me. And it was the same thing, everybody for their country. <laughs> and somebody actually, I was asked to give a keynote at the Afri- International Primate Society Conference. Yeah. And one of the professors who also gave a keynote, mm. Professor John Oates said to me, why don't you set up an African branch? Yes. And so we all got together and set it up. And uh, so the second conference was held in Uganda, the first in Ivory Coast. Oh, great. And that's, in that conference, we now had 85% of the com- people were from Africa. Good. Giving talks, giving yeah. presentations. Because so if you a give difference. a presentation in a scientific conference, you grow confident yes. about that part of being a primatologist. Yeah. And you remain as a primatologist for the rest of your life. But if you aren't given that opportunity, you can you just end up doing something else. Yes. And so those are the very same people who can go to parliament and say, let's cut down sugar to uh, cut down trees to plant sugar. Yeah. But if they've been <laughs> primatologists and they understand why we need to protect why? the primates yes. and their habitat, then they'll say, no, we shouldn't do this. I was about to actually ask that mm-hmm. in the work you do, um, there's there's a real need to work with government yes. or leadership. Yes. You almost can't separate it or you can't yes. work away from it. Yes. Um, do you find that over the years the support has been there or understanding it? It really has, because okay. I started off my first job was in government. Yes. So that makes it easier for me to understand uh, the role of government. Yes. And then I had the opportunity to also serve on the board of 
Uganda Wildlife Authority, yes. Uganda Wildlife Education Center, even Buganda Heritage and Tourism Board. Yes. And so I understood how and how they NGOs work also, yeah. and government can complement yes. each other because we bring different skills to the table. Yeah. So having worn both hats, I think it's been easier for right. us to for me to be able to work with the government. Yeah. Um I'm now an honorary wildlife officer which means right. I can still advise the government yeah. having been a board member right. which is fantastic. But you can't do anything without that you know that you really need the government yes. to move things forward. NGOs can yes. test new ways of doing things but it's up to government to, here, to so expand you, yeah. them on a big level. Right. So you really need we really need to work, to work closely together. with the government. Um, for, you know, I, I did think there was anything you could talk about as excited as you have been with the animals, but then you spoke about your husband and you, you keep smiling every time you talk about him and, you know, the wedding. And I'm like, that's crazy. She's got passion in two different, you know, because the passion you've been using to talk about the animals is there. But you've been able to create a relationship away from your work. Yes. Which is rare for people who are very good at what they do work wise it's mm-hmm. almost hard to have the same passion and success on the relationship side <laughs> is it easier that you work together sort of work together i think it is uh-huh. um it's definitely good to be um married you know to have a it's definitely good if your spouse is engaged in your work yes to a certain extent yes <laughs> because it gives your marriage more depth yeah, yeah because beyond having children together and building assets together yeah. you also have something else that brings brings you together together yes, yes. You, you as you solve the problems together <laughs> you get closer <laughs> yeah. the, you make time as well yes. together yes, yes. The time together yeah. and you know it's it's great and also like our children we have two children mm-hmm. um and they've grown up you know since a few months old going to the national parks I, I was like i can't imagine the kind of life you <laughs> expose them to and, and they have interest in your work? They yep. like to follow that? Yes, path. yes, yes, they really do. Um I wouldn't say that they they may not necessarily follow become it. vets. Yeah. <laughs> but they love animals. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so my son actually Indigo wrote a book, Zookeeper oh, for a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. When he wow. was 13, 5 years ago. Yeah. 5 years ago he spent time at the zoo. Oh, okay. Um a week at the zoo yeah. and worked with all the different species. It was easy for him to spend a week at the zoo because he had been going to the zoo since he was very little. Right. And some of the animals at the zoo were rescued by volunteers who were trained, like yeah. Hamukungu the elephant yeah. was rescued from Queen Elizabeth National Park where we have community animal, community conservation animal health workers we work with yeah. to prevent disease also between livestock and wildlife and people. And then, yeah, so he, was, he really enjoyed there. There's also... A, Two cheetahs that were rescued yeah. by the rangers in Pianupe Wildlife Reserve, where we had a program yeah. um, funded by the French government. And they contacted me saying the cheetahs are not gaining weight. Right. So we took them to the zoo and now they're the cheetahs there. When you get to the zoo, you get to see to see them. And so he was already engaged in all of that. I was say, whose idea was so it to document was this week? <laughs> I know. So in it was easy for him to... He, he wrote an article for Toto magazine. Okay. And then after his former teacher, yeah. Kathy Creator suggested to him that why doesn't you write a book? Documented, yeah. Yeah, which during COVID he had more time to do it. Oh. I kind of said to him, I think if you don't do it now, you'll never you never get might a not, chance. Yes. So he it's, sat down and wrote the book. Yeah. And he recently won an award. We're very proud of him in America. Oh, bless. The Moonbeam Gold Award. I'm looking at it. It's, just, it's really his experience in that yes. week. Yes. And some facts, by the way, uh-huh. children. <laughs> yeah, we got There's him to facts. look for facts yes. for brother. Wow. On the internet. So that really made a difference. That yeah. must be satisfying to see him take that much interest and, and actually do it. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm really I'm really proud of him. Yes. Ah, this is although nice. he although he wants to be a soccer player okay. and so many other things. <laughs> It's but okay. he will always love animals. Yeah, yeah. Him and okay. his little brother will always be conservationists. <laughs> and, and, and that's all you want. Yes. <laughs> that's all you want out of it. Oh, oh, that's really good. Um, and actually, his little brother actually wrote an article for Toto about COVID and gorillas. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, they are interested in wildlife. How much of the work takes you away from home now? Because maybe back in the day, it would have spent yes. X amount of time here. Does it, is this a, the same now? 
Um, yes, I still travel a lot. Wow. Okay. Just last week I was in Windy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and when you go, do you know how long you're going to be there, or is it the the case of work by work, project by project? Now it's more controlled. I know how long okay. I spend okay. there because okay. we have more staff now who can continue right, right. collecting the samples from the wildlife, engaging right. communities. Um, I mainly go to do different things. Like this past week, yeah. we've started a new project working with the youth. Yeah. It's uh, funded by National Geographic, so it's a STEAM project. STEAM is science, so technology, technology, engineering, math. art, and math. Yes. So we added the A to the STEM. Yes. And it's for 10 to 24 year olds. So the youth are coming up with oh, wow. their own solutions to solving various issues in the community. Wow. Such as rubbish, poaching, yeah. all those things. So that was really fun. We're doing it with Global Green STEM in America. Yeah. And then also we were, we were very honored that the American ambassador came to trick the gorillas and yes. she asked us to to accompany her. So that was lovely. And we also showed her our work. Right. So that was, she's very interested in animals. When she read Indigo's book, yeah. Zookeeper for a Week, it inspired her to spend a day at the zoo, a zookeeper Imagine for a Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> a child's experience for a week. Yes. It encourages somebody to do that. I would assume that today in 2023, there's a lot of technology, a lot of changes, so many great things to advance everything that you're doing. Are you seeing it as well? Yes, I'm seeing it. Um, internet has really made the world of difference. Okay. Yep, yep. It really much, has. much easier. It has. Because now when you have remote stations, you know, we have an office in Windy, Queen Elizabeth. We have partners all over the world right. who support us. Or some, I'm always being asked to give talks. Yes. Um, my personal assistant, Kani, is so busy. Because <laughs> <laughs> the virtual, I think, you know, in between the virtual and the physical, you know, yeah. technology has made it possible that we can basically advocate for our cause much better. Ah, and actually during right. the pandemic, we realized that if we don't do something about it, yeah. the gorillas may get COVID. So you weren't sitting home like, <laughs> or doing nothing. You know, you were actually working even during COVID. I don't know when we'll have a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you look around and you're like, I don't know when that's going to happen. Because <laughs> I kind of thought COVID would just be for two yes. months. And then I said, after it's over, I'm going to get told, you know? tell the whole team, let's go and have a month holiday. Nothing has happened. It has, it has never really <laughs> Years stopped. later. Things that just keep moving, wow. moving from one thing to the next. But but during that time, it's like we really, we were still considered essential workers because of the One yes. Health work. Yes, yes. And we sit, we sit on the Ministry of Health National Disease Task Force right. for COVID and now also the Ebola one later. Yeah. I know that various diseases that come up. Yeah. But so during COVID, we were very busy and we advocated to the government that everyone should wear masks when they visit the Great Apes. Yes, I remember that. Together with other NGOs, conservation NGOs. Yeah. And that really worked. The government embraced it and also increased the distance that when you're visiting. I remember that, that information meters. is what probably made that whole question of why are they protecting animals mm-hmm. <laughs> that much? You know, and I think I was like, that's a good question to ask because that sparks, sparks conversations in the right direction. Yes. You know, because people are still not informed even today. Yes. Even if we have so many tourists, people are not informed the way you think. Yes. Um, do you find that, I, I mean, I feel like we own you, you're ours, Uganda, but your work has to go around the world. Yes. You know, the region and beyond. Um, is there a pride in what you've done here versus when you visit other countries and the work that's being done there? Yes, there is. I think <laughs> Uganda has... Um, We're trying to look for a way to, you know, <laughs> be proud. <laughs> Uganda is aware ahead, is ahead in many ways Okay, conservation, especially when it comes to Great ape conservation. I yeah. think we've really made significant strides. We're lucky to have the mountain gorilla yes. and many, you know, different chimpanzee populations. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of examples to share with the rest of the world. Right. Um, for example, with the APS, African Primate Society, we actually held a primate tourism roundtable about how can we share the lessons we've learned of gorilla conservation, yeah. gorilla tourism with the rest of the world. Yeah. And then when COVID came, again, we, in Uganda, we showed people how because the thing is in Uganda we actually generate a lot of money from primate tourism yes. significant and it's done in a controlled way and we it's always important to find the right balance yeah. between the number of tourists who can visit provide enough income that communities don't have to go into the forest to poach but at the same time not so many that they're going to make that so the, so there's apes possibly sick. a limit yes so finding that balance oh, okay. is, has been something that Uganda has been taking a lead on. Okay. So we actually got a policy brief. We developed a policy brief right. 
for all the other countries in Africa that have great apes and have have started oh, tourism wow. and 21 countries in Africa have gorillas and chimpanzees and 13 already have great ape tourism but the country which is farthest ahead is Uganda and Rwanda Yay. those two countries <laughs> and so this conference was held in Rwanda actually yeah. the IUCN Africa Protected Area Congress the first yeah. one and we launched this policy brief for all the countries in Africa wow so that's something that we feel that all the countries can benefit yes great ape tourism can help to lift them out of poverty Absolutely. but it has to be done carefully wow and how by making sure when you visit you wear a mask yes maintain even the distance even till today isn't it uh-huh yeah. and because actually it's not only covid that can make them animals sick exactly. but flu a lot or more any yes, other respiratory yes, disease yes. but we also emphasize that when you visit you should give the community something Don't yeah. just visit the gorillas and go right. home. Yes. Make sure you visit the communities by their crafts. Right. You know, engage, hire them as a porter you know, to take yes. it to the gorillas, engage with them by their coffee. We started a gorilla conservation coffee social enterprise right. because we realized that the farmers were not benefiting from tourism yeah. and yet they were seeing tourists almost every day, every day crossing their farms to enter the forest. And so we give the farmers a good price for good coffee. Good. and a donation also supports the work of the NGO but these smallholder farmers then don't have to enter the park to poach yeah and it's called gorilla conservation coffee or look at you tourists a different way <laughs> yes and the tourists are the ones that are the biggest yeah. buyers of the yes coffee. yes yeah so that actually was a very big challenge during covid yeah. so tourists were not coming yes how do we how are how you, you to buy cope coffee? for all that while farmers yeah um unfortunately a gorilla got killed um oh. during the pandemic because poaching went up people had ah. no more tourists coming and the gorilla getting killed was sh- showed just how much poaching had gone up and so after that we started to give fast growing seedlings oh, wow. to the local community it's never ending mm-hmm. <laughs> you learn you change you you keep going in your work what's yes. your fourth choice my fourth choice is um a song called team gorilla okay and that song was composed for us to yes. record it um as i mentioned that a gorilla was killed he was a very special gorilla called Rafiki and he was called Rafiki because he's, he was very friendly and he was okay. one of the first lead silverback gorillas in the southern sector of Bwindi Kisoro sector right. Kisoro district to he was the first one his group was the first to be habituated for right. tourism in the southern sector okay. so he was killed by a hungry poacher who was not coming to kill him for food but killing other animals like bush pigs and small antelope called Daika right. but then he came across Rafiki and who was trying to defend his family oh, no. and speared him wow. so this inspired Gasuzarwanga to compose a song for us yeah team gorilla yes oh, okay yeah wow. it's a very amazing song very yeah. it's really moving but it just basically talks about you know we really need to care about them yes. they're so similar to us wow mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Team gorilla Team gorilla If you care you can help But just like us Same DNA Saving one gorilla can make a difference It's our mountain gorilla got to protect them saving one gorilla can make a difference protect the mountain gorilla make a difference they face extinction habitat shrinking have a heart a little conviction i see all the poaching on their land you encroaching Have a heart Saving one gorilla can make a difference It's our mountain gorillas we got to protect them Saving one gorilla can make a difference Protect the mountain gorillas make a difference Rafiki was a friend So why did you kill him Why did you spear him Boss the silver back Rest in peace Ruff The killing has to see They got hands like you Feet like you They just like you. saving one gorilla 
can make a difference. It's our mountain gorillas. We got to protect them. Saving one gorilla can make a difference. Protect our mountain gorillas. Make a difference. Who was Abu Was? They're generally passive animals, but the silverback will defend his troop if threatened. Beating on my chest like a silverback. Desert Island Discs with Flavia on Capital FM. Fresh hits for Uganda. Desert Island Discs and we're in our last segment. We have Dr. Gladys uh, Kalema Zuksoka who's I think this is the one interview where you think it's less about the person and more about their work but you're really getting to know about the person because can you you don't really separate you and your work. You're one, isn't it? Yes. Over the years, you, would you know how to tell a story without your work? It's difficult. <laughs> you, you you go together, you know. One, I think you can't sit through a dinner without having a conversation about animals. Yes. Yeah. You wrote a book. Yes, I've written a book. Um, it's coming out very soon. Okay. It's called Walking with Gorillas. Walking with Gorillas. Yes. The journey of an African wildlife vet. And this is after how many years? I've been working with gorillas for 26 years now. Yeah. yeah over 25 years. You certainly have a story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever we get a chance to have this book in our hands, yes. what what kind of stories are we getting to? Wow, you're about? in for a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. And a lot of it is um, kind of a lot of what we've talked about in Desert yeah. Island. This your work. But my early years, how I got ah, involved in conservation. Right. And then working at the Uganda Wildlife Authority and how what I learned about conservation then right. as a wildlife vet and then setting up conservation through public health, yes. realizing that the health of people and animals is so closely related and yeah. interlinked, especially the great apes, which we are so closely related with. We share over 98% genetic material with gorillas and chimps yes. and we can easily make each other sick. And then I also talk about sustaining tourism, I mean sustaining conservation through tourism. Yeah. And through social enterprises like Gorilla Conservation Coffee and through One Health, getting medical, veterinary, wildlife, environment sector to all work together. together. Because we all have a common goal yes. to achieve sustainable development. It's much more, working holistically is much, you achieve much greater than just working in a single sector approach. And then I also have a chapter on women and conservation. You know, I, I don't know how you knew that. My next question was around being a woman in, in any business, in yes. any sector, in any industry will be, even media, we, it's, it's different. You're, you're good until, oh, you're a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's always reservations because you're a woman. But you started out at a time where, first of all, what you were trying to do was not something popular. Yes, probably still isn't <laughs> that popular uh, but do you get is it a good thing or a bad thing there's a female doing this I think it's a brilliant thing yeah because actually when I started out people used to tell me are you taken seriously as a woman and I always used to say yes okay. because I never really used to notice it I was just focusing <laughs> if they were doing it you didn't really care exactly I was focusing on getting the job done good and I, I was highly respected because I brought a unique skill yes. to the organization as yes. the only vet in the Uganda Wildlife Authority. Yes. So anything to do with animal welfare, people came to me, whether it's yeah. moving animals, yes. treating animals, everyone came to me for that. Yeah. So I, th- I believe I was taken seriously then, but I n- there were hardly any women. There were no female exactly. rangers in the field. <laughs> yeah. Now 20% of the rangers are women, which Good. is amazing. Good. Um, but then later on, like when founding the NGO, yeah. I realized there were hardly any female leaders in conservation. Um, even right now, there's very few women. I can still go to a meeting and I'm the only woman. Wow. You know, um, or very few women, at least within Uganda. So I f- that's why I felt like, you know. And what is it? We don't take interest in it or, you know? I think it's because people are not used to women working in remote locations, far away. You know, it's, it's not a very comfortable job right. all the time. Yeah. You don't have everything you need all the time, water, electricity. Yeah. 
and then it's dangerous wild animals yeah. and you know my mom for example was very reluctant for me to go and work with the mountain gorillas as a student because she said they're going to maul me just so scared <laughs> yeah so everyone feels if i was a boy she probably wouldn't have had the same uh, she wouldn't have you survived scared exactly <laughs> so women are not supposed to be that tough yes um so there's a bit of society society accepting that women can do things like that yes but then there's also the thing is Oh it's very difficult work it's physical yes. physically challenging women should be doing office jobs or jobs that are not physically Should challenging. Should we call it the soft life? The soft life. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. wow. But, but when you say the chapter when you say the chapter of women in cons- women and conservation. Yeah. Yes. It's it's more it's deeper than what we just discussed right now. It's deeper than what we just discussed because yeah. I also talk about the challenges I had being taken seriously yeah. as a woman in conservation. Yeah. Yeah and how it's so important for for women to really believe in themselves exactly. um and also we bring something unique to the table because women tend to be more collaborative okay um and less competitive yeah and than men and conservation is relies on so many different oh. things you know you need to people need to be healthy yes. to get engaged in conservation people need to be you need to be addressing poverty you need to be addressing you know like encroachment of habitat yeah. so you have to work with politicians and all kinds of people multi multi there's so many parts to this wheel and they all f- have to work together the problems are so complex that yeah. you have to be collaborative oh. and women are more collaborative and also we found that in our village health and conservation team approach half our volunteers are men and half are women because women are mainly engaged in public health yeah. promotion and men in conservation and natural resource right. management so because we address the two together we're able to have gender equity in our programs yes. men are getting more involved in public health yeah. and family planning and women are getting more involved in conservation yeah. and natural resource management and they're becoming leaders in their community because we engage them yes communities where girls would just get pregnant by the age of 13 and get married off and now we're having more and more women finishing school yes. which is very important because then they'll have fewer children and they'll be leaders in their community and they encourage other girls to do the to same do so. yes so It's very yeah. And I also talk about my mom actually yes. in that chapter more because she's a, as you said at the beginning, she's a woman leader who has yeah. been my mentor yeah. all my life. I've always looked up. I've had her as a role model. So that's been fantastic. And you've had this open conversations. I'm proud of you mom and I'm proud of you. <laughs> Gladys. <laughs> oh, it's like hey, 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 you understand me. Thank you. Yeah. And so I, I saw her like becoming one of the first women members of parliament in Uganda yes. and and also managing to balance work and life you know even when she was a um, uh, deputy minister yeah. for culture and community development she would always come to the airport to pick me up yeah. when i was in university abroad and my brother used to say why should the important work of the country stop because mama's going to pick gladys up at the airport is her child and i'm like <laughs> exactly exactly before the job <laughs> she said this is such oh, but also uh, what i what i also love about your mom Rhoda mm. Kalema is that she um has been a very open bold voice for women. Yes. Women among women, how to advance women in anything, push them. And that's one name you always, you know, used to hear. If there was a women organization, women something platform, she was always a name that was and that's good, you know, yes. not to just rise alone as a woman, to notice that there's a gap. Let's all go together. Yes. Yeah, that's Yeah, she she in in her book My Life is Butter Weaving, which yeah. came out in 2021, she in her autobiography, she talks about being part of the women movement in the 50s, yes. then Amina abolished them in the 70s yeah. and then reviving it again under yes. President Museveni and together with people like Honorable Miriam Matembe, uh Winnie Bianima, yeah. Honorable Cecilia Ogao, all those groups of women they, were, of they all revived it <laughs> yeah. and they've really taken it to the next level they they are the shoulders <laughs> we're really standing on let's yes. be honest even if because i you know for them they weren't necessarily the radio presenter the musician mm-hmm. the engineer the what but they they there were still examples of what we could be what a yes. girl could be how fast she could go you know yes. even till today so i love that. and i'm imagining she's your mom <laughs> yes <laughs> you you must have just had a, a full bounty of inspiration around you or was it a different relationship <laughs> no she's been ex- truly inspiring and yeah. what i've loved most about her is that she's always um let me do whatever i wanted okay. yeah like she's always said you know do what you want okay. follow your passion 
she came to see the gorillas. I took her to see the mountain gorillas. <laughs> How was that? In 2000. <laughs> oh man, she was 70 at the time and she oh, she enjoyed it. She came with uh, my auntie Mrs. Chiwana. Yeah. Um and she honorable <laughs> Maria Chiwana's mom. Yeah. And they loved it. They really okay. did. Okay. My mom thought the gorillas are fierce, but when she met them, they were just giant. I think she giants. must have had a picture of the work you do and then uh-huh. when she got there it was so different. She said that she said they're just gentle vegetarians. <laughs> because they were eating <laughs> <laughs> leaves the whole time and they were so gentle yeah. and so that was really nice yeah and I, and i always tell people if she can see them anyone can yes yeah. oh mm-hmm. wow are the siblings do they they visit too as well yes my brother vis- has visited them a couple of times yeah. dr william kalema and my sister as well yeah. and she's brought her friends along ronika yeah. kalema so yeah my family I've got them involved in conservation. <laughs> I think you've got everyone involved now to the show that we had for us not to really get to know that. What what's um people like to ask like you know that thing about what's next? What's the big thing? Your work doesn't seem like it it has it an end. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a forever and ever, but you're also working in a, a sector where there's the word extinction. Yes, you know, you have to do a lot to make sure we don't get to that point for a lot of these animals. Yes. Um so what does that look like in the coming years? Um what next is would love to scale up our one health approach to conservation. Yeah. Which is a unique way of addressing of conservation, yes. promoting conservation, um and achieving conservation goals. Yeah. And we'd like to spread it within Uganda, like we're working mainly in Bwindi, but okay. we also we have a small program in Queen Elizabeth National Park yes. and working with other partners in other protected areas yeah. but also outside Uganda we've started right. doing some work in DRC um okay. Eastern DRC we've been working with similar kinds of groups of people yeah um to protect the mountain gorilla and the eastern lowland gorilla yeah. and we'd like to spread our approach to other countries in Africa that have gorillas right. by training other people to implement our approach yeah. in the countries that they're in Yeah. So we want to continue to scale our approach all over Africa. Yeah. And I know that people even in other countries like in Asia yeah. have said, "Oh, whatever you're doing." I went and I gave a talk in Bangalore in yeah. India a few years ago, and they were really impressed that it was a woman <laughs> from Africa talking about wildlife in Africa. Yes. You know, a woman from Africa talking about wildlife in Africa because they always had other people from other countries talking yes, about wildlife their in Africa and mainly yeah. men, not oh, women. <laughs> and so they were very excited that Yeah. I'm coming over to do it and they and I was impressed that at that particular conference half the people there were women so India's father ahead in that way wow and one of them said to me you we can your approach can help us to save tigers in India because oh, by improving wow. people's health you're showing them that you care about them yes and not only the animals yes. and that makes them then get interested to protect the wildlife so that's right. something else that we're finding on top of reducing the diseases in the wildlife yeah. the people we're also finding it's improving people's attitudes to conservation yeah. as well what's the um, biggest it, it could be one or two or three things really that are because conservation is to keep things yes. a certain way preserve almost for you know for the future generations for the future generations yes. what's what's the worst that we could do because we the more we call for domestic tourism mm-hmm. we are the people you're going to have to see there we're coming and What what's the worst because I know when you say don't bring the flu covid or whatever yeah that's one thing you know but what's the what's the fear what's when you see conservation what's on the other end that, that could be negative what's the biggest challenge that could happen um i would say that tourism is very important yes to sustain conservation it's the most sustainable way Yeah. making sure conservation continues into all the, the communities add for the animals very much so because if yeah. the communities are benefiting they'll yeah. protect the animals they won't kill them because they know people are coming to see the animals and these yes. people are giving me money helping my child to go to school yes. and lifting me out of poverty so we do need to promote domestic tourism because yeah. which we is, can't only rely on tourists no. from out <laughs> because if anything happens whether it's covid ebola or any other th- reason for and the rest of the world is coming, locked out yes it's the parks the national yes. parks will suffer and yes. covid was a big wake up call yeah but it needs to be done carefully okay. and you know that which is what we're really pushing for in the policy brief when you say carefully yeah. on As our part in, on our part okay. yes yes you know like limit the numbers of people in some I, this cases is, this is the first time I'm actually hearing it that you have to limit the number of people who can mm-hmm. come i thought everybody and anybody can just especially with great apes you have to really? limit the number of people per gorilla group per day really yes and actually even in the savanna parks They find that in places like Kenya for example uh-huh. some it's the mass tourism sometimes got too much 
you know, they found that the cheetahs that were visited by too many vehicles had scabies oh, and wow. those that weren't didn't and they attributed it to stress. They were getting stressed. So everything oh, has to has its limits. You can't okay. you shouldn't you want the tourists anything, but everything. you can only have this much this many numbers mm. at this point. Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> but but um of course the biggest worry is also habitat loss and that's why we started promoting community-based family planning. Yes. Because if you have people have the children they can manage, yes. then they don't have to fight over land, they don't have to cultivate so much land just to feed their children yeah. or enter the forest to poach and it's a long term way and the forest ensuring. cover needs to be maintained as well you can't exactly you're, you're, it's like reducing it is like reducing someone's house mm-hmm. you come and keep taking off part of the house yes so that's so wow. habitat we, if we don't address the human population growth rate yeah we're going to lose all the wildlife habitats wow and so family planning promotion has become integral to conservation work wow and ministry of health has even asked me to speak at family planning conferences yes. <laughs> about Your work how is you're doing family planning you know family planning yeah. from other sectors because they also realize that we are their allies yes. in the rural areas where you know wildlife is found wow in order to promote you know Your work manageable is, family sizes. Your work mm-hmm. is diverse. <laughs> your work is diverse. Before I ask you how you know we can help, how we can be part of this conservation conversation, I mean, Dr. Gladys must have a life. I mean, what do you <laughs> like to do? You say now you engage with the younger people. You know, uh, where do you unwind your mind away from your work? What What do you do? <laughs> I love reading. Okay. And that's probably why I've written a book. I've actually always wanted to write, but now this is your first book, you can imagine. It's my okay, I did write a children's book with someone many years ago when yes. I just finished at Ua. Called Gladys working as a wildlife vet. Yeah. I'm still at Ua, but um at the Wildlife Authority, but this is the ne- this your is the book I've work. written. Yes. Yeah. It is actually my first book. I know I should have written long ago. Yes. I did want to write experience. when I left the Wildlife <laughs> Authority, but then I got too busy. Time And now I was like if I don't do it now. Yeah. And it happens to a lot of people. Yes. They want to do it and yes. you just have to it's something that it's like having a baby. Yeah. There's will never be a right time to have a baby because no. you never be year, at that time when you're year. not busy to have a baby. <laughs> the same with a book. <laughs> so you love to read and obviously you've written now for us. When yes. are we actually going to be able to to get copies? You can get copies from April onwards. Okay, because just okay. next month it's being printed yes. and then books will be shipped to Uganda it's being yes. printed in America. Okay. I'm so happy that Dr. Jengudo's written the foreword. I've seen that. She's one of my heroes yeah. and mentors because you're working in the same space. Exactly. Yeah. She's a female leader who has inspired very many female conservationists and primatologists. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's coming out then and yeah. we look forward to launching it here. The number Gerica the Queen of Uganda is our patron. She's oh, endorsed great. the book. Um and we we took her to the mountain gorillas oh. in 2005 she was the first queen in the world to visit the mountain gorillas so I know because you don't you don't yeah, <laughs> you don't hear such people you know going through that and she loved the experience she loved it Good. she came with other people from Buganda Kingdom yes. and it was a wonderful experience, experience. and hopefully wow. we want to encourage more and more Ugandans to yes. go to the gorillas about, so that's what I was going mm-hmm. to go to before we can't wind this up without saying how can we, how can we help how can we part we be part of this conversation I see your, your shirt today that you're wearing says gorilla conservation coffee yes but I'm more caught <laughs> up on gorilla conservation so what can we do you know yes. we're, we're listening to this we shouldn't just stop with I listen to you know so and so speak we should really be part of what you do One thing you could do is buy the coffee. Okay. This coffee is named after my favorite gorilla Kanyonyi. Kanyonyi. I operated in his order. Is system. this Kanyonyi coffee only available in that community or everywhere now? All over Uganda. Oh, okay, okay. Even in the UK and the US. Yes. It's why so when we buy it we're supporting the community. Yes. Back. You're helping us to buy coffee from a farmer who won't enter the forest to poach. Oh bless. Okay. So I Kanyonyi coffee if you on Kanyonyi's older sister when she had a prolapse and oh. there's one of my favorite gorillas. Oh. You can also drink it at the Gorilla Conservation Cafe. Okay. We have a cafe in Entebbe. Yes. It's the first conservation oh. cafe in Uganda. And once you're there, you drink pure single source coffee. Okay. It's very delicious. It won uh, 92 points out of 100 wow. coffee review in America and I was among the top 30 coffees in 2018 that wow. was reviewed along with coffees from our neighbors in Burundi, yes. Rwanda and also Costa Rica. Yeah. So that's how good Ugandan coffee is. And actually another strong ally of ours is Uganda Coffee Development Authority Good. because they are happy that we are promoting Uganda coffee abroad. Yes, you found a way to work <laughs> with people. <laughs> so that's that's one way to help, okay? And, and also you can follow us on social media. Yes. Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn. Um you can 
uh, this this is for conservation through public health. Yes, for conservation yeah. through public health. Yeah, we also have a page for Gorilla Conservation Coffee. We have a page for me. Yes, you can follow yeah. and see all the different things we're doing. There's even one for African Primatological Society. Wow, um, and all the various initiatives that we have. Right, you can follow us on social media. Yeah. You can donate. Yes. You can come and work, do volunteering with Volunteer us. Work, we get yes. a lot of volunteers. Yeah. Um, that's how Great. I got into conservation by <laughs> yes. doing research and volunteering. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a good place to start. It's a very good place to start. I mean, you have won numerous awards, been recognized, you've done it all. But when you look back, what's so far? Because you're still working, there's still a lot to do. What, what, what do you look at and say, I, I must pride myself in that? <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a thing that you can touch it's maybe a feeling you know a feeling for something you've done yeah um i would say that i'm i'm very proud of having just been recognized for our work yeah. um winning conservation awards yeah. winning leadership awards yeah. more recently yeah. um and entrepreneur awards i became an ashoka fellow for which is for social entrepreneurs, yeah. leading social entrepreneurs. And so I'm proud of the fact that, you know, by taking risks, we've been able to, I've been able to follow my dream. Yes. And shown that there are different ways of doing things and it's being recognized yeah. and being celebrated yeah. because it's having an impact. So I'm really proud about that. And I'm also proud about the fact that, you know, I've raised a profile of women in conservation. Absolutely. And we're having more and more leaders. I'm actually on the Leadership Council for Women for Environment Africa. Yeah. And what we're doing is trying to get more and more women leaders in conservation. Let yeah. them realize their potential. And so I'm working with women in other countries. Yeah. In Kenya, Mozambique, yeah. um, Rwanda. And trying to see how we can get more and more women engaged in conservation and mentoring women to realize their potential as leaders wherever they are in conservation. Because when the women are leading some of these institutions, it makes it a lot easier for them to understand the needs of other women and get more women engaged. Right. Um, we're really proud that the head of Uganda Tourism Board is a woman. Yes, Lilia Jarova. We started our journey together. We're hired at the same time at Uganda. Yes. So I'm very <laughs> She's proud She's got me to actually go visit the chimps like about five times and take more interest and yes. get deeper into the story. And I can guarantee you it worked because after that, I was I kept bringing more and more guests. And she said, you see, the chimps are best friends now. <laughs> so I, I, I was proud that she eventually got into that position because, yes, she understands that very well. Well, you've said something about I took risks and I'm glad that I'm being recognized for, you know, making that much of a difference. And I think for me, you represent, um, because you, you were in, into or you are in a field that is not typical or common. Yes. And you're doing something that is not, oh, all the other girls can do it. <laughs> <laughs> they can if they wanted to, but it's not a, a common thing. And for you to still follow that dream and still hone it, I think is great inspiration even for the rest of us in whatever field we're in. So thank you for taking that risk. Thank <laughs> and you. And following that. And, <laughs> and also thank you for being able to share your story here on Desert Island. This we look forward to. I, I always tell um, the other people, you know, follow your dreams and the rest will follow. Yeah. Because I was, I was told pure, that by a lady this is great evidence. who watches orangutans, <laughs> orange apes. In, yes. It's called Dr. Bute Gaudicas. And yeah, a lot of young women are scared that, you know, maybe I won't get married or yeah. after Who university, this, yeah. if I just follow my career. Yeah. But no, they should follow their career and the right partner will come along. Everything will fall into <laughs> And also invest <laughs> yes. in your dream. That's just the <laughs> best story ever. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Gladys Kalemazuksoka. Thank, Thank you. you. What's your final song as we wrap? My, fin- my final song, I yeah. think, is going to be um, a song that really resonates with me as okay. well very much. Okay. Africa Unite. Because oh. I believe that when we unite as Africans... Yes, which is what you've done through your work. Exactly. Every piece must work with the next piece and the next piece. We can really take conservation to the Father. next level. Wow. We've had Nigerians coming at the African Primate Society conference saying, in Uganda you don't eat your primates and you're benefiting from them for tourism. Yes. And this professor went on radio in Nigeria and told people, let's not eat our monkeys in uganda they don't eat their monkeys their gorillas and guess what they're benefiting so much yes. from them so it's just it's us who are going to we need a homegrown movement yes. of africans to really take it to the next level then we know that the an, animals in africa will be right. safe 
Right. For at all levels. Yes. Right up to the top. From community level all the way all the way to the political level. Yes. Parliament and everywhere so Flavia on Capital FM. Fresh hits for Uganda.